0: Because, although it might seem like this is a boring topic, it really isn't. And today we're going to talk about money. So, a lot of people in the new year have big goals to save more, spend less, and everything along that line. So, we decided to cover Netflix's Get Smart With Money. This was done in 2022. It's one hour and 33 minutes long. It was directed by Stephanie Sokding. Now, I like how they put a disclaimer at the beginning. They said, the advice given in this film may not be best for everyone and is not a substitute for individualized assistance by a financial professional. So that disclaimer holds true here as well, because we are definitely not financial financial professionals. (laughs) You're not a
1: financial wizard? I can't even
0: pronounce it. So I definitely am not one. (laughs) But yeah, so I thought it was going to be boring the first time I put it on. What did you, what were your thoughts going into it?
1: I kind of second that. You never really know because there's a lot of people that have a lot of advice, but the difference here is these are people that are really hip and with it. They're new and fresh and young and have a lot of empathy for the people that they're working with instead of being very judgy about it. And that's a lot of the experience that I've had with financial, or at least I feel inhibited from asking a lot of questions or I have in my life because, you know, Money carries a lot of emotion with it. And I think the beauty of this documentary is it removes some of that. It allows you to be like, yep, look, I made some mistakes, but I can grow and change and be better. And that's a really nice message to hear.
0: Right. Uh, Absolutely. It Mm -hmm.
1: is
0: scary and almost embarrassing to go talk to someone and show them what you spend your money on because
1: Uh, most of us
0: buy more stupid shit than we should. (laughs) (laughs) My boots came in today, so I know
1: exactly (laughs) what they're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Well, everybody has a guilty pleasure, right? And it doesn't have to make sense to everyone. It's just your thing. Like, I don't have to have the newest phones and tech stuff, but I have a shit ton of nail polish. It's ridiculous. (laughs) You know? So it's just, like, to each their own, right? Yeah, my shoe collection is out of control. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: So, yeah, I, I loved that there are four different situations. We have four different sets of people with different problems or goals, I should say, and four different financial Mm -hmm. um, advisors and professionals who work with them. And I love that, like you said, these financial professionals have been in the shit. They know what it's like. They've solved their own problem. And so they're willing to help other people solve that problem as well and pass that knowledge on. And I love that.
1: I did too. Let me also say they're not old, crusty white guys. Not a (laughs) single one. They're diverse. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of refreshing, too, because I think when you find it's easier sometimes to talk to people who are similar than you or similar to you Mm -hmm. and have the same issues and the scenarios that they're presenting, I think, except for maybe one or two cases are pretty common. It's not sort of outlandish stuff. So I I enjoyed that as well. So, So it's about
0: 50 50. I think two of them are really common. Two of them are less common, but there's Mm -hmm. still a lot of really good information to gain from those goals as well.
1: Absolutely. And it gives you somewhere to grow. Like if you start off with the more common ones and you get your shit together, the other ones might become applicable later. Mm -hmm. And again, I love the fact that this is over a spectrum. So you can start and move out of, you know, the part where you're just like, for me, uh, financial stress is some of the worst stress I've ever faced in my life. To a place of stability, and then like forward looking, like how can I set myself up for like big success later? And I really liked that.
0: So, the documentary, like I said, has four different stories and it kind of bounces between them as the time goes. So, we're covering a year in everyone's life, as it were. So, we start off and do everyone's beginning, everyone's middle, everyone's end. But I think for our podcast, it'll be a little bit easier to do each situation individually and then wrap it up with them together at the end. So, Hopefully that makes sense for you guys. It's easier to follow than thus bouncing all over the place. The documentary was not hard to follow. Everyone was, it was done very well, but in talking about it, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier to do it in a different (laughs) manner, right? Yes. Okay. So first I'll tell you the four situations and goals that we have and the people helping them and then we'll start in with the first one. We have Kim and John who are a married couple. Their financial goals are early retirement. And they're working with Pete Adney, who is, his specialty is cutting your budget way down so you can save him a lot of money, invest a lot of money and retire very early. He retired at like the age of 31. Well done, sir. Anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. The next one is Ariana. Her financial goals are to pay down debt. So she has an extraordinary amount of student loan debt as well as credit card debt. And you get to the point where you feel there's there's no way getting out, right? Digging your way out just seems impossible. So that's her goal. She's working with Tiffany Aliche, who is an amazing woman who also had a lot of debt and was able to turn it around and get out of it and get financial freedom. And so she helps people do that. One thing I like about Ariana, she said that she's an emotional spender. And I was like, oh girl, me too. Me too. A
1: hundred percent.
0: I think a lot of us, can agree with that, especially after 2020. A lot of us started shopping more online because we didn't know what else to do. The next one is Jalen Tabor, also known as T's Tabor. He's only 25 years old. Bless his baby heart. He his financial mm-hmm. goals are to start investing. So he went into professional football, got a big chunk of money really early. Didn't know what to do with it. He's working with Ross McDonald, also known as Ross Mac, who is also a Black man, and uses his knowledge to really help that community get financial literacy. And the last one is Lindsay, who is 27 years old, also another baby. Her financial goal is to earn more. She works two jobs, she works a ton of hours, and she feels like she's still living paycheck to paycheck. So she's working with Paula Pant to try to earn more, save more, be able to get health insurance, and
1: just feel more stable. Yes, more security for her as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are some really fun names in here. Tease Tabor. Can you, are you kidding me? Paula Pant.
0: I know. A lot of alliterative names.
1: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Lindsay. She's in Austin, Texas. She has some fashion school training, but she did not graduate. Mm -hmm. She's always been interested in art. She's really an artist at heart. She looks kind of like a whimsical lover of, I mean, she's just a cool cat and who looks like somebody who <laughs> lives in Austin, just super eclectic mm-hmm. and I really dug her vibe. Mm-hmm. So she tends bar at two jobs. She works about 50 hours. When we start, again, this is month number one, her earnings per week are about a thousand dollars and it's just not enough to cover everything. She really is a person who wants to work on her mental health because she deals with some anxiety and some depression and that Crops up occasionally, but she's very honest about it. And she says, I want to get back in therapy. I want to be able to treat this. Mm -hmm. In my current situation, I'm not able to do so. Mm -hmm. So she kind of, you know, it's lots of work for her. She's living to paycheck to paycheck. She's working on kind of saving potentials. This is where she starts to talk with Paula. And they're talking about what are the big three areas that most people spend the most on Mm -hmm. just in America or in general, and that's housing, transportation, and food. So when we talk to Lindsay, she says, yeah, she and her partner are both in the service industry and they don't want to come home and cook. Mm -hmm. So they're doing a lot of takeout. There's a lot of DoorDash, a lot of Uber Eats going on in her life. Mm -hmm. And so they identify that as something very early on that maybe she can do a little bit better with. So she's working with Paula to identify where her spending like, her larger spending places are places that they can gain some ground and reduce, right? hmm So, then they're talking a little bit about, could you do some things with side hustles? And so, if you want to look at that, there are two options. You can either make your own business, which is something in the long term, mm-hmm. or you could do some gig economy stuff, which is DoorDash, maybe... <laughs> Yeah, something like something with a kind of you can get some return off of it quickly, right? Right. So I absolutely loved how they talked about this because, again, Lindsay, her little artist heart, she loves um, working with puppies. And I was like, are we the same person? I love you. Practically. They come up with this cute little plan where she's going to go to the local dog parks or wherever people hang out with their dogs. She's going to do a quick sketch. Mm Mm-hmm of somebody's dog and say, I hope you don't mind that I took a little a moment and sketched your cute pooch. I'm going to give this to you. And then I'm also a dog walker, dog sitter. So if you're interested, here's my card. And I thought that was the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my life. It was really smart.
0: Oh, it's absolutely adorable. Yeah.
1: Right. So it, it kind of capitalized on her love of artistry. um, she, Something that she's passionate about and something that actually will make a difference potentially for her. Mm-hmm. So, That was really fun to talk about that part of it.
0: Agreed. Some of the things that Paula had said, just in general, were things where you can save money as like downsizing your apartment, which I kind of disagree because in this economy, you would just end up with a smaller apartment and the same fucking rent. And then, or renting out a room or go for the cheapest car, not the flashiest car, try to minimize takeout, start meal prepping. Those are all things that I think we know deep down. We just mm-hmm. don't want to adhere to it because it takes work. But another thing that she said was that spending less is the quickest solution, right? You can rein <laughs> yeah. it in, bring that down and actually save some money. But there's a limit to how much you can save and be frugal. And at a certain point, you're going to have to just start on the other end and bringing more money in. But there's no limit to how much money you can earn. And I like that perspective.
1: Sometimes in this documentary, they do mention things that are, seem a little bit unattainable, right? But I think it's okay to like, here's the common convention, right? And if you're not hitting in that, I think that can be discouraging. Like if you're researching on your own, and it's like, well, oh, you only just spend less. But I liked the idea that maybe you're a person who hadn't thought about renting out a room for, mm-hmm. you know, or doing Airbnb or whatever. So I liked the fact that they were kind of going through the conventional stuff and then working on other options that were more tailored to what these people's situations where, Specifically, Paula talks about transportation. In Austin, you're probably going to have to have a car. So she says, maybe you don't need the nicest, fanciest, freshest car. Maybe you can have, you know, a Ford Escort instead, which is very reliable, but not super flashy. So, you know, are kind they of... reliable? Sorry. <laughs> According uh-huh. to my research, as oh. a person who is looking for a used car, <laughs> the Ford Escort doesn't score too bad. Okay. So good to know. Yeah. Yeah but i do like the fact that they were kind of like somewhat realistic yeah and kind of going for these like well if you just live in a tent out by the woods and mm-hmm. for most people that's not attainable right yeah
0: also again in this economy that's still going to be $1000 a month so <laughs> suck it up yes somebody is <laughs> renting out that plot of land <laughs> yes they are as someone who's been right looking on. at apartments with my son oh it's outrageously expensive
1: uh yes so so bad
0: okay so that was kind of her homework for month one. She was supposed to look into what else she could do to bring in more money, also trying to cut down on some other expenses. So month three, we see her at the dog park. She's taken sketches of dogs. She was able to do like four dogs in two hours. That's amazing to me because I can't draw four stick figures mm-hmm. in two hours. So well done. <laughs> and people were really impressed by it. They liked the ingenuity of it for lack of a better word and so she was able to get her name out there. The problem is is most of the time these people wanted someone to watch their dog on say the weekend. But when you work in the service industry, you're always working on the weekend. So there were some things keeping her from really flourishing that side of the business.
1: Right. This was a really good idea. It was a really there was high potential for this, but it just mm-hmm. didn't work out for her favor, you know, in her favor or aligning with you know what she had going on at this time so mm-hmm. so she quit her job she Go quit on one of her totally jobs over you.
0: you're fine she quit one mm-hmm. of her jobs mostly because it, it was just not a good environment which okay good for you absolutely don't let them treat you like shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so her weekly income is now down to about eight hundred dollars a week but she can now invest a little more time in her side hustles she started doing art markets and What I liked is she took some pictures of her paintings and like blew them up and had like high quality prints. And so she was able to kind of mass produce that, for lack of a better word, and sell those. So that was really a good idea of a way to scale her work because you're not putting more energy into it. At least it's minimal energy, but you're getting a lot more output for it. Mm -hmm. So she was able to sell those. And she had started saving. So she had saved
1: just over $1,000. Right. So you can kind of see her, her evaluating her side gigs, like where is she going to be able to make the best bang for her buck? And she's kind of opportunistic minded, right? She's open minded. She's looking for opportunities everywhere, which is something that Paula said was really nice and helpful when you're in this kind of situation. It's, It's a positive move on her end because, you know, once you're open to things, they're going to come to you. So I thought that was cool.
0: So yeah, her homework, was kind of how else can you scale your work? How can we continue that trend? hmm Okay. We do get a quick check-in before like the six months where she's struggling with the anxiety and depression. And it's, it's hard to watch. I appreciate her honesty, but she's like, you know, you start off feeling so positive, like this is going to work, I'm doing great. And then your mind is like, you suck. Just don't bother.
1: I was really glad that they included that too because the hardest thing... I think in almost anything you do is consistency, right? You're going to have periods of time where you're just like, this is never going to be better. (laughs) And you just have to remain resilient. We don't do that. Good job of that. As at least Americans, in my opinion, we don't really talk about resiliency. So yeah, it was tough to hear her being like, look, I I beat up on myself a little bit here, but she did stay the course. So that's good news.
0: So at month six, what are the updates at month six?
1: So she ends up being her own boss. She said that while she is gaining confidence, there, there had been a time of transition because I don't know if it'd be, so it'd be really refreshing to be your own boss. Right. But also the drive that you have has got to be enough to keep money coming in and keep hustling. And I think that would be difficult, but again, she's been doing a good job of, trying to find opportunities for herself because she was able to contract a mural painting. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a series of like pylons or something like that. So it's not like a traditional mural on the side of a building. It's a little bit different, but it sounded really cool and they were kind of showing her doing some painting and even from her being outside and working on it, there were people that were coming up and talking to her and kind of that even might bring her more business that people saw her out. They were interested in what she was doing and it might bear fruit yet again so it was really neat to see that for her she also went ahead and
0: approached one of her clients because she still had her serving job Mm -hmm. and she knew that this person had a fashion company of sorts or did something in fashion and so she knew that they were struggling to keep up with demand and she went ahead and she's like oh hey you know I went to fashion school right Mm -hmm. wink wink Mm -hmm. and he gave her a job helping, she was sewing, she was creating, she was really enjoying it from what I could see being back in that world.
1: And, you know, through her side hustles here, she's been able to save and kind of starting to consider how to do business accounts. So this has to do with with ease at tax time she can print invoices and they would have you know kind of a business account so it just looks a little bit more professional Mm -hmm. so these are kind of some of the frosting some of the gravy bits of like she's getting more organized all the time it's starting to fall in her favor and she wants to again continue this like she's putting it out there that she's professional and now it's again starting to look a little bit more professional all the time with Paula's Redirection kind of detail, you know, things she hadn't considered before. And it's it's really cool to see the two of them. They seem like they work really well together. Lindsay's able to talk to her openly about, like, you know, how about this, how about that. So I I liked the fact that they were really aligned. She's like, Paula's not coming down on her anywhere. And I, I thought that that was probably lovely. I mean, it's just so refreshing to be like, well, you know, even despite, you know, despite maybe having some setbacks. Paula didn't say anything about that. She just rolled with it and came up with something else to advise her on. So I I liked that.
0: I agree. And I think you see that with all four of the financial professionals, they're very positive and build them up and don't ever tear them down or, or chastise them for doing something wrong, which is beneficial because that's the first reason why people will just ditch it and not do it. Right? Right. Yeah. So, her monthly or sorry, her weekly income is now up to $1,500 a week, which is 50% more than she was making at the beginning. That's amazing. And she's (laughs) saved almost $3,000, which, if you've never been able to save before, that's huge in six months to be able to save that amount of money. It doesn't seem like much to some people, Mm -hmm. but it really is a big step. Her homework was to open that new bank account and then kind of set up. a a business, probably an LLC or something. So she can have that professional look, do better tax time, things like that.
1: So month nine, Mm -hmm. Lindsay says that she's spending way less on takeout and that may have been enough to make all the difference, right? So these are small incremental changes over time that are, they're adding up for her. So they're showing uh, Lindsay in the kitchen with her partner. They don't actually... Never him quite like that, but over context, I think a little while later, they say who he is. But like at this point, we're like, oh, they really like blue hair dye, these two. <laughs> and they're in the kitchen cooking together and it's really sweet. So, you know, mm-hmm. she's talking about, yeah, I've, I've been able to turn that corner. Feels great. She's gotten, again, some leads through her mural painting. She's doing some art nights, a little local joints, and she's able to sell some of her work. Then her partner also got a promotion. I believe he's a chef. I believe so. Yeah. And so the beauty of that is he gets free health insurance. So, I mean, tick, you know, on her goal, she was able to secure that through her partner, which is pretty solid. Yeah. She'll be able
0: to jump on that plan for a small amount of money, which is good because insurance can be outrageously yes. expensive. Uh yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite things is that at the beginning, she had talked about what she felt like success looked like, and she was trying Mm -hmm. to get there, right? But she was not succeeding. And now her definition has changed. So her definition of success now is living your passion, being happy, and doing what you love to do. And I love everything about that. Sure. Shall we talk about teas? Yes, let's talk about T's Tabor. T's Tabor is in Pembroke Pines, Florida. I can't say that very well. Apparently I can't say anything very well today. He plays the American football. I th- thought he was a safety. I don't know what that means, but he plays the American football. And so he did it, you know, he did it in high school. Uh, he did it in college. And at about his third year of college, he decided to leave to go professional, and in my opinion, absolutely. You never know if you're going to get injured in that last year. You might not have this opportunity again. Absolutely, take it. He's drafted by the Detroit Lions. He gets his first paycheck, which was one point six million dollars. Now, he came from you know a, a middle income, low income family, from what he describes, and so this was huge. I think for. 99.5% of us in this country, that would be huge.
1: Oof. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he talks about taxes take, you know, the first 40% off the top. He has to pay his agent. He bought his mom a house because he's a good son. Are you listening, boys? Are you listening to what you do? <laughs> Sons of
1: yours. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes. And he bought himself a house. And then he bought a couple of jewelry pieces, which I love. They're custom bling with his name and diamonds and shit, which... right. Cracks me up, but I love.
1: Look, we would all do the same thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Him and his wife traveled a lot, which I love to see that, that they went to other countries and around the world. They just enjoyed life for a while.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That means he only has about just under 300,000 left. That's not much. That's
1: not much to live on when you have a lifestyle. Right. And he ends up getting injured after about three seasons. So he plays two for the lions. Then he plays a season for San Francisco. And then unfortunately he's injured badly enough that he's let go. So he's able to heal, um, which is nice. And then he starts to realize that the money's going to run out one day. Right. And he's definitely feeling it. So this is when he kind of starts to talk to Ross Mack and Ross seems to have made the circuit on talk shows or like kind of morning shows, that kind of thing. I think he has a podcast and stuff like that. So he is relevant. Even like, again, he's kind of somebody that people know people want to talk to. I mean, he's really knowledgeable and and, and seems to be an easy guy to talk to. And I, I really enjoyed that about him. So his big strategy for teas is to invest in the S and P 500 and they talk a little bit about investing just in general in the documentary. Mm-hmm. So it's buying stock and spreading it around to build kind of diversity around. And like of course, if you know anything about the stock market, you invest in, and then you just don't do anything with it mm-hmm. till you retire and you need it. You can't be in there like drop by four points or whatever, which is why I am scared of the stock market because it feels personal when I lose money and it's <laughs> hard to watch that. So right. <laughs> And then Ross also talks about there's a racial racial disadvantage, as only twenty percent of the U.S. stock is owned by black families. So I think it's again, this is two percent. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. My writing, guys, is terrible. So only two <laughs> percent of U.S. stock is owned by black families, which is yeah. more significant. Um, so, yeah, that's so a very tiny
0: amount. And I like how his his big thing is is trying to get financial literacy into the black community because it's not there. I mean, it's in the white community, it's, it's hardly there, but in in the black community, it really is non-existent. So he really is looking to, to help those communities, which I think is amazing. And I also like that he's you know, even in learning about it and talking about it, Talks about how scary it is. Like he's just looking at it. And he's like, it's just numbers and letters and you don't know what anything is. And it's extremely overwhelming. And I
1: completely agree with that. Right. I appreciate that. Tease is, Tease is very honest about how scary it is and how unequipped he feels to do this because he's like, it's, it's just not clear what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do. And Ross is there again, encouraging him, like, just take the first step, just take the first step. You'll see what I mean you don't have to invest everything like today it, it can be a process. And so I think that that was really smart on his part to kind of lead the, lead the timid to, <laughs> to get to their goals. Yeah.
0: So they sit down and they talk about his current expenses and current savings. So his monthly expenses are 12,000 a month. They talk about the bling that he bought. He said he spent about 60 grand on that you know, bling mm-hmm. initially in like 2017, we got his first check. So then he's like, okay, Let's look at this. If you took that 60000 in 2017 and invested it just in the S&P 500, today it would be worth $112,000. Almost doubled in five years, right? And that's that being able to see that is really what he's needed to kind of jump in. He still hasn't yet. But I think Ross does a really good job of kind of making it make sense.
1: Right, like showing him that he has choices, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with what Tease did when he bought right. some treats for himself.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: you know, now that his priorities maybe have changed a little bit, you can kind of see how his choices affect him now down the line. And I, I thought that's so brilliant. Yeah, because he has mm-hmm. a young family. So
0: he has a wife or a partner. I'm not going to assume anything. He has a beautiful partner and a, a adorable little girl who's maybe <laughs> two, right? Right. Um mm-hmm. so she's relatively new to the scene and the minute you have kids, your priorities change. And and that's really probably what brought it home that he has zero money coming in by not being on a team and a lot of money going out and he needed to figure out a
1: way to stem the tide, as it were. Right, right. Absolutely. So month three, we find that Tease has gotten some good news and he's going to the Chicago Bears training camp for tryouts. So There are 90 players trying out for 53 spots. And I think that that's fairly common knowledge that it's kind of competitive if you want to be a professional football player. Mm -hmm. So I think Tease goes into it like he feels good, he feels healthy, but he knows it's no guarantee. So, you know, he's working again with Ross to say, you know, kind of hedging your bets, right? So there's possibility that he'll be bringing in some money, but also they're still going to focus on the original plan was to say, even if it doesn't happen, we're going to make sure you're okay down the line.
0: Right. And so he, Tease, has set up his brokerage account, mm-hmm. but he hasn't invested yet. And this is yes. really where I was like, I'm right there with you. I'm walking right next to you, sir. Because 100%. He was so yes. scared and overwhelmed and Absolutely. Absolutely pulling the trigger and putting any money, it's like gambling, and I'm a horrible gambler. Listen, I'm a penny <laughs> I'm slot too. kind of person. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm like, I could have played, I could have bought anything else with this 20 bucks stupid roulette. Right. Blah, it does know. not
0: take me thousands of dollars to realize I'm a loser. I just can take that <laughs> money and do something else with it. So I I love that. I love that he's like, I haven't done anything. But mm-hmm. Ross is like, listen, let's just Let's let's start with ten grand, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> maybe a thousand, maybe right? a thousand. So they're going to invest in the S and P five hundred and the Nasdaq, which are two index funds. So you get diversity by doing index funds instead of just general stocks. You get that diversity inherently.
1: And there's no guarantee with the stock market, which no. I think is a big deterrent for a lot of people because mm-hmm. if you grew up and you understand. There are recessions. There are times when you just, I mean, just shit hits the fan and you lose your ass. And again, the plan is to stay in this for the long term. So I think Ross is like, it'll be okay. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. It's just really cute to see them working together (laughs) because Tease is so hesitant. It's so sweet. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Yes. Oh my
0: God. But I mean, he had a really good point. He's like, if you do nothing with your money. Mm -hmm. you're losing money, essentially, because of inflation over time, you have the same amount of money, but you're spending more money on the same goods. Yeah. And if you put it to work for you, if you put it in the stock market, in theory, if you do it this way, Mm -hmm. and you play relatively safe, it will continue to grow. And so at least you're keeping up and
1: hopefully with inflation. And then Ross talks about you should set this up like a bill, you should put money into it every month, which I'd Mm -hmm. never considered. I didn't know it was not brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought that was really bright. But I mean, this is on like E-Trade. These are commonly available things. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was cool, too, that I didn't have to be like, you know, a high roller to get started. That's reassuring.
0: It is. It's absolutely reassuring. Mm -hmm. So we're also keeping an eye on the 53 roster to see Mm. what happens. And uh,
1: what happens? So Tease isn't chosen for one of the 53 spots, but he is asked to be on the practice squad. So it's not a total no. Mm -hmm. And these are the guys that might be called up, you know, depending on whatever happens. So I thought that feels like success to me. Now, he's obviously disappointed, but he's still like... You know, you can kind of see him processing as he's talking about it. Like, it's almost like he just found out. And then, you know, as time goes on a little bit, it seems like it's okay. So I thought that was, again, very relatable. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's it's a smart move for the team, right? They have these people who continue to practice and do everything with the team so they understand how your team works. And the minute they need you, they can just throw you in and he's making $10,000 a week. So at least he has an income now which he did not have before. It's not as much as he would make if he were on the team obviously, but it's still nothing to throw out, right? I would gladly make 10k a week. Tell me about it. Right? I was like,
1: "Goo, that's a lot." Just, yeah.
0: Just essentially exercise all the time. Okay, I'd have to build up to that, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> uh-huh. But also he's He's kind of more excited about putting money in it now. So once he started investing, he's all like, listen, I'm going to put in like 10 grand a month now, you know, because he's seen it even in just a very short amount of time. He's seen it grow and he didn't do anything. He just put the money in there and now there's more money. So that's what the security you need to make you feel better at the beginning, I think.
1: Right. And he knows that there's, it's possible he could still be cut from the practice squad. So Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to, again, maximize this on both ends. Like he's, he's preparing for a rainy day in essence, because he knows that this, this could be variable. So I thought that was so smart. And again, you can just see his comfort level changing Mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing. I was like, oh, there's still hope for me, which is (laughs) really nice. I hope so. And I thought... I'm going to try another statistic. I hope I get this one right. Okay. Um, they flash up on the screen. I believe it's 78% of X NFL players struggle financially because they really haven't prepared well for their future beyond playing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a great illustration of kind of what tease is trying to avoid. Right. And you're rooting for him. He seems like such a cool dude.
0: I know. Listen, at some point, His daughter, his little tiny daughter is putting makeup on him and doing his hair. And I, that's my favorite kind of video to watch is men having their daughters make them pretty. And I love it Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. It's so sweet. Mm -hmm. So at six months in now, he has currently invested $22,000. So he's getting there. He's pushing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At nine months, what happens at nine months?
1: He's actually asked to play for the Bears active roster. Which significantly significantly improves his income because he's making 25 grand a week. And I was like, oh, that is miraculous. What I could do with 25 grand a week besides break myself on a football field. Um, <laughs> right,
0: right. Oh, the you shoes know what I, mean? <laughs>
1: I could buy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, of course, he's thrilled. And one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is he, somehow he's called a group of youths together right <laughs> so they're on a practice field somewhere it looks like a high school mm-hmm. you know football stadium somewhere or other and he's kind of working with kids and these are these are black kids that he's talking to them about these are decisions that you guys could benefit from if you know this information earlier you don't have to be scared of investing you don't have to be scared of money and uh setting yourselves up well and so both Ross and T's kind of talk about how it was for them and how they learned and, you know, how they're now benefiting, but also how much they wish they had known earlier <laughs> how right. to do this. And I thought that was really cool to be like, I I can, you know, my lessons could benefit somebody else. And I thought that was cool. And the kids seem receptive. I mean, I don't know what happened after that, but at least starting to get that message out seems mm-hmm. important.
0: Right. And I like that T shared that, listen, I got this huge paycheck and I essentially blew it, you know, and, Again, that can be really embarrassing. It can be embarrassing for you to say, listen, I have very little to show for it. I mean, he has a house and his mom has a house to show for it. But he he realizes that, listen, I did this. And a lot of people, that's exactly what they do. The majority of people, that's exactly mm-hmm. what they would do. But you should know that you maybe don't do that. <laughs> maybe be smarter with it. I mean, it's not to say don't celebrate at all. Right. But Yes, it,
1: yes. Still, Yeah. And so he's just continuously investing now. He feels like he's being a better provider for his family. And I thought that has to feel significant, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah, it does. I mean, because again, he can still get injured or be cut at any time. Being a professional athlete is not a guarantee of employment. And he right. quit college before he finished. Not that I know what he was going to college for, but he's like, what else does he do after football? What do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you do?
1: Yeah. And there's finality to to playing football, right? Like, this isn't something that you're going to be able to do your whole life. So unless you're Brett Favre, Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're like an annoying commentator on the tiny field on Sundays. Oh, <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. But that's just me. Mm-hmm.
0: One of the things that Ross said that I really like is he said in the classroom, they teach us how to be consumers. And how to take on debt. They don't teach us how to say yes. And that is the absolute truth in this country. We are taught to be workers. We're taught to be consumers and just stay in debt and just churn that wheel over and over from the people above. And I like how they're trying to break that cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. And Tease even mentions, he's like, this is a fake lifestyle. Like the real lifestyle is taking care of yourself and your family and, you know, kind of planning again for a rainy day. So I, I also enjoyed that part. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. Next story.
0: Let's talk to Ariana in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. So Ariana said that when she was growing up, money was just something that was spent, right? And I think we've all heard it and we've all done it. Like, oh, well, it's been a hard week. I've earned it or I deserve it or whatever excuse you give yourself to buy something that you don't need. And you probably will only make you happy for like five minutes.
1: Right. So she's a first generation immigrant, From Dominican Republic, and she's the first college grad in her family. So, you know, I get it.
0: But with that that college degree came one hundred eight thousand dollars in
1: student loan debt. (sighs) It's a lot of anxiety for me, even Mm -hmm. reading about somebody else, because she said, you know, credit cards and personal loans. That's just how she did things, right? It wasn't something that she considered how she would pay back. It was just. Accepted that this is how you did it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the future wasn't really necessarily a consideration. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's true for a lot of people. We don't really understand debt. We don't really teach others about how to, you know, borrow responsibly or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I get it. So Mm -hmm.
0: she has $108,000 in student loan debt. She also has credit card debt to the tune of like $65,000. Yes. And her husband is currently was currently covering most of the household bills so she could work to pay down that debt. And I thought, wow, that's, that's really nice of him. I mean, because I understand that income should be shared, but the majority of people that I talk to anymore, whether they're younger or older, they don't combine their income with their partner. You have combined bills that you pay, but the rest of it is separate. So it's interesting that he was willing to chip in and cover that so she could try to get out of debt. She also got personal loans to pay off the cards, you know, to, to get one lump sum and a smaller payment. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Consolidation city. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then her credit cards were freed up and she just maxed them right out again. Crept right up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. they sure
1: did. She's our emotional spender. Yeah, she is. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So she's working with Tiffany and Tiffany kind of starts off recommending that it's okay to ask for help kind of to regain your footing, I think. And she proposes asking yourself when you're facing a purchase, any purchase, really four questions, right? Do you like a oh, see Do you love it? Do you like it? Do you want it? Or do you need it? And so she kind of wants Ariana to focus on stuff that you need, stuff that you love versus stuff that you like and stuff that you want, basically because the likes and wants won't really sustain you very long. And it's just sort of, that's That's your consumer brain working, right? Like, you don't necessarily need it. It's not going to be a long-term satisfier. It's just, like, crap runs. Ariana talks specifically about Target, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, Target, you are
0: a saucy (laughs) minx.
1: The devil. Yes. Yeah. so yes. many pretty little easy things to pick up at the Tarjay. Right. So, and you know, she talks a lot when she goes shopping to do any kind of shopping, whether it's food shopping or whatever, she's buying a little something for the kids. She's buying a little something for herself. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I identify with that a hundred percent. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I like how Tiffany breaks down. She said, needs are things that you have to have to maintain your health and safety for yourself and your family. So like your mortgage, mm-hmm. your groceries and things like that. But to describe loves, she said, "If you had, say, Oprah level money, what would you do more of?" And mm-hmm. for for me, it's travel. What is it for you?
1: I don't know that I'm there yet, but travel's got to be right up there. I really like that. I I guess I'm <laughs> I'm still worried about making sure my kids get a car, might be a house, might be like a really awesome house. If you
0: have Oprah level money, those
1: things are taken care of. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, then it's travel. Mm-hmm. And
0: also for Ariana, it is travel. She would like to travel. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a big thing. It's I think, especially for Americans, we see travel as this huge expenditure. Whereas Europeans, that's just kind of builds into their lifestyle. They travel a lot. And it's not just small. I know in Europe, places, like, you can go to different countries and it's very close. It's like traveling different states here. But they, they also travel to, like, Australia all the time. And that's nowhere near anything ever. So... I don't understand. It's just, I think it's just a different mentality growing up that this is an option. And for us, it it's not.
1: Well, we're too busy buying stuff yeah. rather than experiences, right? Like, and that, that's a cultural shift because um, yeah. we are great consumers here. It mm-hmm. could be. It could be. So
0: for Ariana, the first thing she needs to do is to budget. Where's your money going? If you don't like it, change it. Change where it goes, mm-hmm. right? The money going out right now is $5,300 a month. The money coming in is about $5,700 a month. So she's right there, which is nice that she has that little buffer.
1: Yes. Yeah. And Ariana has mentioned that she is afraid of money. She's fearful of money. And I'm like, I've been there too. So I like the fact that they're kind of defining everything first and getting a good handle on it. Because once you identify it, you're less likely to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And she also says that she's tried like every budget known to man. So she's like, well, I'll try this one too, but uh." (laughs) right. But Tiffany says, okay, listen, set up five different accounts. And if you can get it automatically deposited through work instead of doing it yourself, then do it that way. So I've always heard four accounts, but this one is five. She has household bills is one account. Ariana's bills, which is a second account a spending savings account or checking or savings, whatever an account for spending Mm -hmm. an emergency savings and a dream savings. She doesn't go into percentages.
1: There's a nice graphic though, that has like a dollar bill and it's like cut into bits. So it looks like the dream maybe is the least of these, maybe the household bills or Ariana bills are the largest portion of that dollar. So you kind of get a guesstimate of how it's going.
0: Yeah. I have always heard four accounts. You have your bills checking your like your personal checking and then your emergency savings and dream savings. Okay, so it's the same other than they've broken up that Ariana bills and household bills into two separate ones. But yeah, so I like that. So if you can set it up automatically, it just goes to their their homes where they live now and you don't even have to think about it.
1: It's not as tempting, right? To kind of fiddle with it. It's not even the there.
0: Yep. It's not even. It's not even <laughs> yeah. there for you to see until you need it. And right. That's perfect. Right. It's kind of like four hundred and one k. It's taken out before you even see it. It's gone. Doesn't even exist. Okay. So at three months, how are we doing at three months?
1: So Ariana says that the separate accounts are really working for her. She just carries one card now, like a debit card, rather than having multiple. Credit cards and whatever going on. Mm -hmm. So it's really simplified and made it easy for her. I think she's not even carrying some of those other credit cards with her. It's hard to spend when you don't have the card.
0: I mean, you say that, but they've made online shopping way too easy. Like I just (laughs) PayPal click. You know what I mean? It's way too easy.
1: I've also been at stores where I've heard and, and again, so credit card debt is not necessarily my demon. I don't necessarily have that one, but I know it's a big thing for a lot of people. So I've been at stores and they're like, Oh, we can look up your account number if Mm -hmm. you want to charge it. You know, I'm like, Oh, you fuckers. But nonetheless, (laughs) that's a whole separate issue. But I do, I do like the fact that we're seeing some success, right? For Ariana and she's making a vision board, but she's using way too much fucking glue. So that's all I I criticize criticize about that. I was like, Oh, that's going to be wrinkly and weird. Don't do it that way. Oh,
0: Get a glue stick, bam, a glue stick. (laughs) right." (laughs) Her kids are too young to really be doing crafts. Yeah. So she'll learn. She'll learn.
1: Yeah. I was like, your glue budget might be out of out of <laughs> sight. We have to really cut back on that. Bring that in. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um, One thing I do love is that she's honest about. So before she buys something, she'll be like, do I need it? Do I love it? Do whatever she goes. It has yet to make me not buy something, but it mm-hmm. does make her stop and think and consider it and and kind of put stuff in perspective. So she's still buying what she shouldn't buy but she's becoming more aware. And I love that Tiffany was like, absolutely celebrate that awareness. It's a baby step. You have to start somewhere. And she wasn't like, you're still buying. You know what I mean? It was nice.
1: Right. And it's not only what she said, it wasn't on her face anywhere. It really wasn't. And I think it's okay to say too, that not every strategy that they propose to you is going to work for you. And it's okay to like find one that does. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kudos to them for that moment. Of of saying not everything's going to work. Mm-hmm.
0: In three months, her credit card debt has gone to $35,000. And I'm like, God damn, girl. That's. I mean. <laughs> I, thought so too. I, I have no like, words. Wow. Your husband really must be kicking in because I'm, <laughs> you know, I started thinking about, okay, man, I'm going to really aggressively pay down shit. And then I'm like, I, don't... there's no way my, my household bills take up so much, you know, X amount. And then. Yeah, I can't be quite that aggressive. That's crazy.
1: Right. They don't necessarily explain some of those details, but I'm like, you know, paying beyond your minimum. Oh, absolutely. Your minimum required yeah. payment can make a big difference, but I don't know if it's that big a difference. So, yeah. But I'm like, whatever you're doing, it's working for you guys, so good job. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> so, she does talk a lot about the shame over her mistakes. Mm-hmm. And... I really appreciated that too because it's just like, you know, she's processing this and that's a really good thing to do to say, you know, what I've done in the past, I don't have to continue to do. And she's also doing what I fucking do all the time was she's catastrophizing. That's not a word. It is now. okay It is now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she's, it's the worst case scenario. And so Mm -hmm. she says, if something happens to my car, which is not new and fancy and awesome, it's older, got a lot of miles on it. So she's kind of like, this is the one that I'm really nervous about. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can see the fear and the guilt on her face as she's talking. She feels like a bad partner because she can't contribute as much to the household. She feels like a bad mom. She feels like her husband works more overtime because of her mistakes. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to watch, but I'm glad they showed it. I think a lot of
1: us have felt that way. Yeah. They... They summarize this about a $1,000 a month for debt. It's a lot. It's a lot of debt. Yeah. Okay.
0: At, I don't think we're at six months. I think it's the check-in. So they had a check-in between three and six months. Mm -hmm. Her worst fear came true and her car broke down. Thankfully, her husband is a mechanic and he was able to work on it, but they still had to pay for towing and they had to pay for parts and she couldn't afford a car payment and she also doesn't have the money saved up to buy a new car, which I think the majority of the country can understand that and feel that way.
1: Again, they kind of point out that the average American can't afford a $400 mechanic bill.
0: So just any emergency. Yeah. A $400 emergency. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I thought, what do I need to do to get a mechanic on my roster?
0: sleep with him I don't know right I, I mean like good blowjobs I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: nothing but else I was to like offer. how fortunate
0: yeah oh I know yeah. I yeah. know at six months they do talk about her car breaking down and it is fixed for now but you know it is a 2004 so it's not going to last forever or much longer probably so she is trying to save up a car or save up money to get a newer car but what I love is that Tiffany's like, okay, so this happened. This was what you were really, really worried about, and it happened. And you survived. You got through it. Right. You had that emergency money set aside, and you were able to use it for this purpose. And it was fine. Everything's fine.
1: So Ariana is paying down debt continuously. And they're talking specifically about the extra 16 or so percent on credit cards versus your debit card. Right. So it's like every time you buy anything on your credit card, you're paying more for it just in general. So it's sort of, again, a mind shift difference Mm -hmm. that can really be awesome in the long run because you're not paying that extra (laughs) fees and whatnot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Unless you can pay it off at the end of every month, you are going to pay
1: those fees. So she's expressing some anxiety, but she said, You know, she's been able to make it over to using the debit card more exclusively. Mm -hmm.
0: And her homework is that for the next month, she's not supposed to use any credit cards at all. They do show her shopping at Target. And she looks like me in a bookstore, right? This is her happy place. This is where she goes for comfort and to de-stress She just looks very happy there. But she walked out and she said she stuck to her list. She only got the things that were on her list. And she used her debit card and not the credit card. So she did really good. Right. Yeah. So that's good. Which is not easy. So good job. (laughs) It is not. It is not. Yes. So that was really her big thing.
1: Yeah, it was. So nine months. Mm Mm-hmm. Ariana is able to tell us that she's gotten a raise. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's gonna really be impactful for them, right? And so Tiffany kind of talks about post-traumatic broke syndrome and kind of moving through that. And I thought that was a really funny way to say <laughs> there is that like momentary panic that you sometimes face because you were you have kind of PTSD, right? From the days when you couldn't afford anything. Right. I've been there. Mm-hmm.
0: She also Ariana tells Tiffany that she has been able to pay off all the debt that had an interest rate of 10% or higher. And that's a big thing. Yeah. Her credit card debt is down to $16,000. God damn girl. I don't know. If she's like hooking on the side or what, but <laughs> that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, she does say at one point, and I'm not sure which one it is, which kind of check-in, but her partner has been p- picking up extra shifts. Mm-hmm. He's really been, con- you know, kind of contributing However, and I thought that was really cool. Now she feels it. She is aware and she's, you know, grateful, but I think Mm -hmm. she feels bad. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, to have a partner that you're able to work on uncomfortable stuff with is like gold. So I'm so glad for them that it's Mm -hmm. not like a bad thing. I mean, of course they're not sharing all of that if it is, but it seems like it's working out okay. So I was happy for her. But Ariana is now looking at, so I, I think she feels like she can conquer this credit card thing, right? And she's looking at what she's going to work on next, and they're looking at maybe student loans. Now, there is a little bit of discussion about, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is that really what you want to do, right? Because those tend to be like lower interest or whatever it is that, you know, but there is some discussion on how to structure your paying off of debts and what needs to be done up front and what can kind of wait.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brilliant. Don't have a bit of problem with that. Mm-hmm but she talks about having a new relationship with her money and she's looking forward and planning trips and kind of moving to a new phase. And I thought that was really cool to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that I think it's, it's comforting to see someone who had so much fear and guilt over money and debt to really be like, okay, this is okay. I can do this. And especially since she had tried so many things in the past and nothing worked to see her succeed And do well, right? It gives me hope for, well, everybody.
1: Especially since she has a bit of a money therapist, right? (laughs) Like in Tiffany to be kind of bringing her back around and making suggestions and, you know, maybe a little bit of accountability and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is, is helpful. So Mm -hmm. you're not doing it completely on your own.
0: Our last situation is Kim and John and they're in Boulder, Colorado. So John is an engineer who lost his job during COVID. And he is currently a stay-at-home dad and takes care of, like, everything. The house, the cooking, the yard, the shopping, the kids, the everything. And I'm like, damn, sir, you get it. They do say that 44% of U.S. households lost a job or wages during COVID. That's huge. I did not realize it was that large.
1: So, again, they're working with Pete. Mm -hmm. And Pete strikes me as a guy like an extreme couponer or couponer, whichever. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he spends absolutely no money and that's how he was able to retire early. He's just got a little bit of that real frugal vibe about him, but it turns out I was only partially right. Um, He's <laughs> a little bit more allowing as we go on and see, which I was like, okay, mm-hmm. because again, I think that there is this, I mean, you can't just eat ramen forever, right? No, nor do you want to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of sodium.
1: Oh my God. So Mm -hmm.
0: Kim is a psychotherapist and a women's empowerment coach and her business has been growing very fast, right? So she said in 2017, she made about 70 grand a year. In 2020, it's about 150. And in 2022, it was projected to be about 300,000 a year. So that is... Pretty large growth, and it has allowed her to be able to take over the expenses of the household without that second income. But she does say every time they make more money, they spend more money. And I think that is absolutely the majority of people.
1: Right. I mean, they're enjoying the fruits of her labor, right? And I think everybody would go through a period of that, but at least they recognize, eh, maybe we could do this better. Their current
0: monthly expenses are $13,000 a month. Can you imagine?
1: Um, in Boulder, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Boulder uh, is outrageously like a...
0: expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So their goal is to retire early. That that's what they're working towards financially. So Pete talks about, you need to make sure in investments, you have 25 times what you need to live on yearly invested. So he said, "If your living expenses are roughly a hundred thousand a year, you would need to have two point five million in investments to sustain that lifestyle." Right, because okay. you're living off interest. Right, it's good to just okay. and you have something to fall back on. Right, so yeah. you have that money to fall mm-hmm. back. So that's good to have target. I need I need tangible, you know, numbers, not just like, well, you should have stuff and things. That's so good to have that. Right, this
1: is a good example because I think a hundred thousand dollars, I mean, is I wouldn't say average, but I wouldn't say it's un-average un either. Right. Um, I think most people can feel comfortable with that number.
0: I really like when they started. So they took their spending to him and you could see, she was like, this is really embarrassing because they spent a lot of money on like Amazon and <laughs> they spent $1,200 a month on groceries. Now they don't have two teenage boys because then it would be perfectly acceptable. That'd be, yeah, a week. Yes. They, they have two very small children mm-hmm. so he's like that's a lot of food
1: <laughs> well at one point she's talking about how many kinds of cheese did you get and i was like why are you gonna be so judgy pete i have a lot of <laughs> cheese in my freezer or, or my fridge too okay we have the aged white cheddar <laughs> we have the colby jack or whatever i mean like but she'd be liking some cheese at my house. I don't know. They
0: they serve different purposes. You need multiple cheeses.
1: You really do. Mm -hmm. Let's not
0: judge. (laughs) But she does also talk about how they have become more consumeristic over the last couple years to deal with the stress. And again, that goes with the emotional shopping.
1: And girl, we are all there. And Amazon makes a fine product. They just make it so easy to click that button, and then it comes right to my door. I really dislike Jeff Bezos, but... It's so easy.
0: <laughs> damn it. Sometimes it's same it's so day delivery. I right. Oh, God damn it, Jeff.
1: I know. It's hard to say no sometimes.
0: I know. So I don't think they don't have another follow-up before the three months for them.
1: Well, I mean, there's just other stuff that Pete's talking about, right? So PJM, which is the purchase justification machine. Mm -hmm. And he's like, really, the trick there is to ask yourself more questions, which is sort of aligned with what Tiffany was saying about, like, is this really some shit that you need? Like, if you could just filter it a little bit differently in your baby Mm -hmm. brain, you might say no more often.
0: I don't think I would.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Pete's probably, the of all the coaches, I think, he's a little bit on the judgier side i mean he's a little bit he's really knowledgeable and seems like he really knows what he's doing but there are a couple times where he's just like uh we could probably get that food budget down from 1200 a month
0: right he's like let me go shopping with you and i'm like yeah why don't you because otherwise don't expect them to change if they don't know how to change
1: Right. But I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. He did. He was outstanding in the way that he's like, we're going to work together. And he really meant it. Like he was a presence in their life. I mean, in a non-creepy way, but he was there. Yeah.
0: Oh, he absolutely right. Was.
1: He took John to Costco, <laughs> which John had never
0: been. And unfortunately, once you go, you never get to leave. You're there forever. You just <laughs>
1: always are there. Well, I was thinking to myself, at what point have I been like, this Costco run was an economical, like, No, never, never like that. Mm -hmm. I don't need five pounds of ground beef that I won't use up. It'll just go bad. Like again, maybe because John is the king of like being organized and stuff that he would like use whatever and then freeze the rest. I forget to freeze the rest. Right.
0: I think you have to do it immediately. You have to separate it immediately into different containers and then freeze it. What I love is that they had talked about during this where they were kim and john together on board with this or were they fighting and they're like okay well john went through a phase of like food saving like extreme food saver mode and that that really caused some tension but other than that and it just cracked me up because i can imagine him being like did you
1: seal that did you freeze it we don't want to waste right. it you know that's half a celery stick left over you <laughs> have to do something else with that right i mean but yes that's when these things were presented to you, I think you do kind of go through phases of like, okay, extreme, I'm going to go the other way. And then maybe if we're lucky, we end up with something reasonable in the middle. And right. I, yeah, that was really fun to, to, for them to talk about that part of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cause I, you're right. I never save money at Costco
1: ever. And it's on stupid shit. I mean, like they do a great job with a lot of things, but like, I don't need tubs of potato soup. I can make my own potato soup Mm -hmm. If I want to, but it's just tasty and it's there and they have samples and it's the fucking samples that get you. I know it it. really is. Riley used to use it. He used to like bust around on the big aisles on his Heelys. That's always why he wanted to go. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, we had a blast. It was so fun. (laughs) I haven't been in years because I can't trust myself. I don't need all that lettuce.
0: No, I don't either. So they go to Costco and get like a lot of food. It's impressive Mm -hmm. to watch. Right. And in about three months, they've been able to cut about $3,000 a month out of expenses. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Their Amazon shopping went down to next to nothing. Their food went down to $1,000 a month. So I guess Costco saved some. Sure. They don't go out to eat very often. They have spreadsheets involved. Now, that's when you know it's serious.
1: (laughs) You do. You really do. Yeah.
0: They talk about fire so financial independence retire early or just fucking early retirement i don't know why it has to have a fun acronym
1: like a yeah catchphrase mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they figured out it's about 2.7 mil
0: that they need in investments yep
1: so at their current rate it's going to be about 21 years before they can retire so not early at all no <laughs> <laughs> well i was like how old are they they don't i would guess they're in their 30s somewhere but um right. so maybe in their 50s they'd retire yeah yeah, I mean, I was like, like oh, this is not terrible, but it's not what they're hoping for, so. Yeah.
0: And I like Pete. He's like, listen, they're doing a really good job of saving, but their biggest hurdle is their baseline budget is way too high. Like, their living mm-hmm. expenses at baseline are just too high. And, well, if you live in Boulder, I think that's just the norm, unfortunately.
1: But, again, this is month three, so I'm not sure what hermetic lifestyle you thought they were going to adopt, like, instantly, Right. They discuss that you're supposed to be
0: saving fifty percent of your income if you want to retire early. And I'm like, who the fuck can do that? And no one is saving fifty percent of their income. I mean, five people in this country are saving fifty percent of their income to retire early. That's that's a lot. It is a lot. Oh my gosh.
1: So not me. Yeah, that seems like a goal in and of itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So where are we at six months?
1: So they've been able to downsize their house. They're finding other ways to save and invest. Turns out they've gotten to about 10% of their 2.7 mil. They've been able to nail that part down. Mm -hmm. And a continuously shifting mindset has been Pete's main message. So it's deliberate moves to get them to where they are. It's not going to happen if you're not proactive and kind of have a plan. So they're figuring out what they can do without and what they have to have. And evidently their palace in Boulder, they were able to, get rid of that. And it's just half a palace now or whatever. So I assume it's just a box
0: on the side of the road (laughs) and that That house wasn't that big. That's, that's what's the best is that house? that was not a huge McMansion by any means. It was an average size house. It looked like maybe 2,500, 3,000 square feet. So
1: yeah, it was a pretty house. Like, don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong, but it wasn't the kind of thing I would think that 13,000 a month in living expenses would buy you.
0: Yeah. They said that every year, their mortgage was about $36,000. That's $3,000 a month in a mortgage. That's a lot. Now you're also talking to or listening to two people who live in the cheapest place in the country, pretty much. <laughs> That's so, true. I mean, Thanks for and-
1: calling us out on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do. I mean, Indiana is a really cheap place to live. And so it's hard for me to understand that people have to pay so much money everywhere else what does does it offer to live there that it justifies paying that much money she looks like she works from home possibly so I don't know why you couldn't move
1: somewhere cheaper right so she looks like she had a podcast and as a psychotherapist I don't know if she had offices somewhere they didn't really discuss that part of it but maybe these were the things that they were figuring out I would like to say that your point about us living in a cheap place is right right on target because I used to watch like house hunters or whatever. Oh my god. Yeah on HGTV. Mm -hmm. And they'd be wherever they are, somewhere in California. And like these rinky dink little houses people paid, you know, half a million dollars for. And I'd even hit like a heart attack city over here. I'm like, why? But that's that's what their options were. And I'm like, how people afford it?
0: I don't know, because they don't make exceptionally more money than we do in the Midwest. Right. I don't think that the income is, they don't compensate for that. They should.
1: Right. It seems right. I don't know. I guess you just figure it out. Right. I mean, I guess so. Maybe, I mean the public transportation there could be significantly better, but I don't think it's enough to make (laughs) up for that. Also, I'm working on inflation brain right now where I'm like everything, everything I ever do right now is four times more than I've ever paid for it in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm super cautious. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't Be know how stupid. people survive. I, I barely survive and I live right in like shanty town or something. <laughs> <Right>? So <laughs> God. Uh, all right. Good stuff. So where are we at nine months?
1: So, we catch Kim and John on their way to Costa Rica, which is ironic. Um, (laughs) So, what I liked about this is they're going for, like, five weeks, which is a lot for a standard, I think a standard American vacation anywhere is, like, a week, right? Um, Right, or two, yeah. But, yeah. So, it is nice at this point that Pete's like, look, this isn't wasteful. Mm -mm. This is how they want to spend their money. They're doing this on purpose. This is you know, whatever you want to call it, investing in themselves, or this is how they want to prioritize their money. And I'm all for that. And I was like, thank you, Pete, because I still was sort of feeling like you just want them to, I don't know, live off the land, like off the grid. I couldn't (laughs) figure it out, but I do feel a little bit better now about what he had to say. Mm -hmm. So they're setting time aside to enjoy life. And they're like, this is our little mini retirement and Mm -hmm. we're going to spend time with the kids. And they do show a lot of like really involved family time and i thought you guys are really special people to want to take your kids out of the country (laughs) your small small children and spend that much fucking time with them like (laughs) you're an amazing person (laughs) because i'm like oh my god i just want to go to the coffee shop and read my book away from you can Uh, i go to the beach by
0: myself please? yes
1: yeah Now it didn't seem especially like like a fancy vacation like I didn't get the feeling about that. They didn't really show a lot, but it just, it didn't seem like they're in a hotel or whatever. I don't know if you got that vibe or not.
0: Yeah. It looked like they probably rented a place, like an Airbnb or
1: something. They went to the
0: beach, they Mm -hmm. went to the pool. And those things, once you're there, you can just do, right? The beach is there. The pool is there. You don't have to pay extra for it. And I do like that Kim being the only person supplying income to the household tends to work more to try to bring in more money so they can actually chuck more aside, which is good. So she felt like she needed this to kind of reconnect with the kids because, you know, John with sure. them all the time. And she also wanted to make sure she has a good relationship with her husband, with her kids. And it was nice to see, yeah, that they wanted to do that. And they seemed to be doing well, right? They didn't seem to
1: want to kill each other, but of course they might've cut that out on the editing floor. So- well, like I said, that's that's a very jaded person saying that, but it was really sweet. They were like messing around in little tide pools and it was mm-hmm. really cute. So it did seem like they were having a nice time, but I'm just saying there's a part of time where I hope they hired a babysitter or whatever for those, so they could get away and have dinner together. Listen, I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Despite all that nonsense for me. Their investments are moving along and they were at about 20%, mm-hmm. just shy of 20% actually if my math is correct. So mm-hmm. yeah, so they, they seem to be uh killing it in the savings department, frankly, at month nine. Right. And they were able to rent their home in Colorado for
0: two weeks while they were gone, which would cover the expenses. Their, you know, their mortgage. Yeah, and that kind of offset covers, stuff. Yeah. Which I was like, well, there's mm-hmm. a fucking 100%. good idea. Love it. Right. So they're doing great. So mm-hmm. at one year on, let's close everyone out. So Kim and John, they downsized their home that we talked about the $8,000 a month they're saving. in that is now getting invested into retirement accounts, $8,000 a month. Wow. I really, so they started off at 13,000, right? 13,000 was their monthly budget and they're now saving yes. 8,000 of that. So we're down to what? 5,000 yeah. a month. That's amazing that they've cut that much.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that's going into retirement. So, I mean, you kind of leave with the feeling that they're going to hit their goals.
0: Well, and I think their goals will probably shift. So when you think about it, their original goal sure. was 9,000 a month was what they were assuming they would live on. Oh, yeah. And now if they've gone down to 5,000 and they're happy,
1: they can shift that goal a little bit, Right. But their kids are going to be getting older and they'll want more stuff and eat more food. So it's probably $9,000 again at the end of the day. So much food. They eat so much food (laughs) all the time. They want to do stuff. So annoying. Oh, they're they're the worst. (laughs) Shoes. Fucking kids, man. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so then let's go to Ariana. Mm -hmm. So her credit card debt was $65,000 now down to a cool five thousand and she has decided that she's gonna do her student loans next.
0: Sixty thousand dollars
1: in a year. Holy shit girl. Yeah. I assume they did just eat ramen. I'm not sure how they did it. That's that's amazing. I
0: I need to talk to her. Here right? I do mine next. Yes.
1: <laughs> right. Please
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty impressive.
1: But so encouraging so encouraging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Tease says he still puts money in the S&P 500 every month. He's in it for the mm-hmm. long term and is diversifying with real estate investments now. Look, he's he's all in. Balls to the wall now. He is. He is. He recently signed with the
1: Atlanta Falcons. And I thought the relief, you know, even if it's short, mm-hmm. even if, you know, because I don't want him to get hurt. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he, he's got it under control. He's got it figured out. And how awesome for them.
0: Yeah, he probably just feels so much more stable and comfortable and i love that for them yep
1: and i wonder how that affects us playing you know what i mean like you know you're not playing for dinner now
0: <laughs> well right i mean so, that would make a huge difference i would think yeah it would be you'd be better
1: because you would enjoy it more you would enjoy your job more mm. yeah i think so too mm-hmm. and then finally Lindsay. so again she's focused she's shifting her focus over money And they talked a lot about how art can be really valuable. And, you know, she's a unique contributor. She's a unique artisan. And so what she's putting out there is really valuable. She's got to find the right market for it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's kind of interesting to see how something that's a little bit more, I don't know, hard to define, right? So, you know, not everybody's going to be interested in what she's got to offer. But there are going to be some folks that are. And she's going to be able to find them because she's got, you know, A really awesome way to look at it and she is wearing white eyeliner in the final scenes and Mm -hmm. it is gorgeous yeah and i loved it done well absolutely done well i like that one of the
0: things they point out as a success was that she's consistently paying her bills and growing her savings so when we started this she hadn't been able to pay Mm -hmm. all of her bills every month for over a year and that is if you've ever been there extremely fucking stressful it's the worst. I So stressful. Yeah. Cause you're like, Hey, okay, which one's more important? Which one's going to get shut off? Which one it's going to garnish my wages yeah. if I wait too long. So it's hard to do. And now she's in a place where she feels more comfortable and she's consistently able to pay them and enjoying what she does. So that's awesome.
1: And it's not like she wasn't working. I mean, she was in the service industry, which is nothing to, you know, bat an eye at. She was working fifty hours a week, and she still could not make it work. And I think that that's really relatable. And, you know, I think this narrative is like if you're a lazy bum, you won't be able to pay your bills, right? We don't talk about the people that are working their ass off and still can't fucking pay their bills. Mm -hmm. So I was really glad that they kind of were able to find that piece, which I think a lot of people can relate to, because I know there was a time that I certainly was in that boat too.
0: I think the majority of us have been there at some point or time. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. terrifying. It's horrible. And I think the majority of the people who cannot pay their bills are working very hard to try to do so. And I hate that they put it out there like, oh, if you're not doing this, you're just lazy or whatever. And that's not the case most of the time.
1: What are you talking about? I mean, like, if you're on food stamps, um, you shouldn't be able to buy soda. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ. Yes. mm
0: Water. Water. And maybe an apple so you don't, or an orange so you don't get scurvy. And that's it, really. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. So, welfare, uh, mama. Oh, listen, let people just survive. Let them survive.
1: Obviously, in this documentary, I think that the emphasis has been on supporting people and they're able to attain their goals and Mm -hmm. finances because most people want to be independent Mm -hmm. instead of like cracking down on people and making them feel bad. So, Yep. Consider that, um, going forward. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we mentioned that Lindsay is back in therapy and so she considers her goals met. So that's really cool.
0: I love that in this documentary, they had goals across the board. You have goals from someone who can barely make her rent and just wants to do a little bit better. Someone who was struggling with debt, people who were making a lot, a lot of money, but they weren't able to save much and people who needed to learn to invest. It was it was everybody. And so I feel like all of us can identify with someone in this and get some good information
1: to sure. use in our own lives and move forward. I recommended that my older son, Blake, watch this because he's kind of coming into his independence, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that this was framed in such a, uh available way. I don't know what the best way to say that is, but it's. Mm. I really enjoyed it. And it was a fast watch. And I think it's funny that we've almost been talking about it. The whole time, you can watch that. <laughs>
0: ah. All right, so what are we doing next week?
1: <laughs> so, we're gonna do Summer of Soul next week. Mm-hmm. This is on Hulu, it's a 2021 release and it's an hour and 58 minutes. We will not talk about it for an hour and 58 minutes, just that's Whoa, our goal we might for next week. We might, <laughs> I mean, it might be that good. I think you've seen it, but I haven't seen it yet. I have seen it
0: so. February is Black History Month, so we want to make sure we have good selections to talk about Black history, to celebrate Black history, and to learn about it, because it's not like they teach us any of that in school. So the next four will be focused on that. So Summer Soul is our first one. It's an amazing documentary about essentially a festival held in Harlem in 1969. So let's watch it together, and let's learn, and let's enjoy it. Sounds great.
1: I'm in. Beyond that, we'll ask you to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us at Instagram and the Twitters at Go Doc Yourself. We are going to do a little bit better about posting. That's one of my goals for this year. So anyway, come find us and make comments and stuff like that if you are so moved. I thought you were going to say, if you dare. I was like,
0: <laughs> we, we're not going <laughs> to yell at you if you do.
1: <laughs> right? And you can't yell at us. Just kidding. Constructive criticisms only. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for joining us this week, guys, and we'll (laughs) talk to you next week. All right. Later.
1: Bye. Bye.